10 p.m. Eastern Wartime. Your dial is set at 660 WEAF New York. Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Hello? Is Mr. Manletter there? Why, no, I'm sorry he's not. This is his secretary, Miss Rochelle. Can I help you? Yes, you can deliver a message for me. I've been trying to reach him all day. This is John Partridge, president of the Morton National Bank. Mr. Partridge, but... Well, Arthur Borden is president of the Morton Bank, isn't he? Not since yesterday, he's not. Give this message to Mr. Manletter, please. Tell him that his notes to the bank were due and payable on Monday of this week, and we must have our money. But, Mr. Partridge, we... We showed our books to Mr. Borden only last week, and... He agreed to extend the notes until our accounts receivable came in. Our business is in fine shape, Mr. Partridge. Our books prove it. Please tell Mr. Manletter that we'll accept our money in the morning, Miss Rochelle. But it's $100,000. We can't possibly raise that money overnight. I'm sorry. That's Mr. Manletter's problem. Goodbye. $100,000. Hello, Jean. Mr. Manletter, the bank just called. There's a new president and they... And they want to foreclose on my notes. How did you know? Read this letter. I got it at the house this morning. Here, read it. If you want to know how to prevent the bank from foreclosing on your note, have your friend Boston Blackie visit a house at 50 Hunter Street at 7 o'clock this evening. Signed a friend. Mr. Manletter, what does that mean? I don't know. I can't see any connection between the bank and Blackie. But I do know I won't ask him to go to Hunter Street. Well, can we raise $100,000 for the notes overnight? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll try. Only there isn't much hope. Then you must call your friend Blackie. No, it can only mean trouble for Blackie. I don't know how or why, but it must be trouble for him if I'm being forced to ask him to go there. But Blackie thrives on trouble, Mr. Manletter, and it'll save your business. No, I won't call Blackie. I'm going out to try to raise the money. You'll hear from me later. All right, sir. Alice... Will you call a number for me, please? Get me Boston Blackie. Get me Boston Blackie. Four words that the weak use to call their champion. You know, some expressions seem so natural and right, we use them all the time without even thinking, like ruby red and sky blue and so on. Well, what I get a particular kick out of is the fact that we've added a new one to the nation's vocabulary. Yes, I hear tell that nowadays you ladies say rinse so white when you want to talk about really white clothes. Of course, there's a mighty good reason why Rinso gets your clothes so white. Rinso's soapy rich suds won't take no for an answer from dirt. They pitch right in in your tub or washer and go to town. Yes, Rinso gets out more dirt. And that's why you ladies are able to turn out those beautiful Rinso White, Rinso Bright washes. So next wash day, whistle for the kind of wash you're proud to hang on your line. Like this. And remember, it stands for Rinso White. Now, meet Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. (laughs) 
Uh, tell me, Blackie, which one of these girls do you like best? So, come on, take a look at their pictures. Come on, will you? <laughs> All right, Shorty. I'll judge your personal beauty contest for you. Now, this blonde here... Yeah. Hold it, Shorty. I'll get the phone. Hello? Blackie? Yes. Blackie, this is Jean. I had to call you. Mr. Manletter's in terrible trouble. Hey, come on, will you, Blackie? Come on, get off that phone. I gotta know about this redhead. Lay off, Shorty. Uh, what is it, Jean? What's the matter with Arthur? The bank called an hour ago. I've been trying since then to reach you. They're going to take over the business if Arthur doesn't redeem his notes for $100,000 by tomorrow morning. Well, they, they, they can't do that, Jean. Yes, they can. The notes are overdue. Hey, boss, what about this brunette? Now, come on, come on, will you? Quiet. Uh, not you, Jean. Uh, look, honey, I haven't anywhere near 100000 and I wouldn't know where to go to get it by tomorrow morning. I didn't expect you would, Blackie, but Mr. Manletter received a message saying that if you come to 50 Hunter Street at, 12, at 7 o'clock tonight, the notes will be renewed. If I go to 50 Hunter Street, well, what does that mean? I don't know, Blackie. But if I show up, they'll renew? That's what the note says. Mr. Manletter knew you'd be in some kind of danger if you went, and he wouldn't ask you. Oh, don't worry, chick. You'll hear from me. Bye. So you finally got done. Now, come on, help me. Look at it. See, I got 50 pictures here. Pick out the one I should pin up on my I wall. I can't huh? do anything about your pin-up problem now, Shorty. Oh. I've got something at 50 Hunter Street that I've got to pin down. <laughs> Hey, what is this? Sounds like a record. Hey, you behind that desk. You in the mask. What is this? Come on, talk. First of all, Boston Blackie, don't try anything foolish. There's one of my men behind you with a gun. And now that you've turned around to see, <laughs> let me tell you that you are listening to this recording which I made because I don't want you to know what my voice sounds like in person. A record, huh? Well, personally, I prefer Harry James. Blackie, I want you to listen carefully to what follows. Have you anything to say? Sure I have. I hope you'll... Okay, boss. Take the record off. He's out cold. I uh, hope I didn't hit him too hard, boss. There's no sense killing him. The law is going to do that for us very soon. <laughs> Gee, Blanky, where you been? I've been having pups. Well, I hope they look like their mother. Well, I'm back, Shorty, only I'm not the same guy. You should have had your head exam for going down to that Hunter Street joint. Yes, I, I had it cracked. That's worse. Take a look at this, Shorty. A bullet hole? Yeah. In your coat pocket. Who'd you shoot, Blanky? I didn't shoot anybody, Shorty. Somebody slugged me, and when I woke up, my gun was gone, and this hole was in my pocket. I must have been out for hours. It's, uh, it's almost 11 o'clock. I called Jean, and she told me the bank renewed Manletter's notes the minute I showed up at the Hunter Street place. Somebody sure took an awful crack at you, hey, Blanky? Yeah, it's more than that, Shorty. Only how much more and exactly what, I don't know. Uh, get my robe, will you, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, boss. Uh, give me your coat, and I'll hang it over this here chair. Well, here it is. Blanky, uh, what do you make of this business this afternoon? Uh, I don't make it. It's got me stumped. Yeah, me too. Well, here's your robe. Thanks. I think I'll lie down and relax for half an hour. Uh, would you mind fixing me some coffee, Shorty? Oh, sure, sure. Have it free in just a minute, boss. Thanks. Hello, Blackie. Glad to see me? Well, Inspector Faraday, of course <laughs> I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Which goes to prove how easy I am to please. <laughs> Very funny. Well, Blackie, I think you overdid it this afternoon. Well, my head sure feels like I did. That isn't what I mean. Did you ever hear of a private detective named Fred Visual? That crooked Jamis? Yeah. Oh, sure, I've heard of him. And he's heard of me, too, Faraday. 
I got the guy's license suspended when he tried to blackmail me. Uh, old couple of friends of mine, you know, last year. That's the guy. He didn't like you, Blackie. You know, I'd feel a whole lot worse if you said Rita Hayworth didn't like me. You didn't like him either. I hate rats, Faraday. Come on, what's all this about? Nothing, only Viswell was found shot to death an hour ago. What? I'm taking you in for his murder, Blackie. Now, let's get going. Now, look, Faraday, you've done ridiculous things every day of your life. (laughs) But right now, you're borrowing from next week. What makes you think I bumped off Viswell? I don't think it, I know it. We've got your gun and it's got your fingerprints on it. Oh. We found it near Viswell's body. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that a bullet hole in the pocket of this coat of yours on the chair? You fired from your pocket. Well, maybe I burned the hole with a cigarette. Uh-uh, no cigarette ever burned a hole like that. Now, come on, let's get going, Blackie. Get dressed and hurry up. Take off that robe, put a coat on. You're coming with me. Come on, take that robe off. All right, all right. Pretty robe, isn't it? Too bad you won't be allowed to wear it in jail. You like this robe, Inspector? Mm-hmm. Well, here, take a good look at Lovely. it. Lovely. Take a good look at it. Right over your head. <laughs> Shorty. Shorty. Yeah, yeah, I'm right here, boss. I was waiting for a signal for me before I counted. Well, help me tie him up, Shorty. We'll use the cord from the rope. Now, quiet, Inspector. Quiet. Don't you know it's impolite to talk with your mouth full? Uh-huh. You'll be tied up like a chicken in just a little minute now. <sighs> well, I know what the score is now, Shorty. Somebody's fixed it to look like I knocked off Fred Viswell. Yeah, I heard. Ain't a very pretty picture, is it, boss? I'm not worried about the picture, Shorty. I'm worried about the frame. <laughs> Let me in, Jean. Hurry. It's Blackie. Blackie? Oh, thanks. I... I'm sorry about coming to your apartment at this hour, Jean, but I couldn't reach you on the telephone. Well, they closed the downstairs switchboard at midnight. What is it, Blackie? What's wrong? I need information, Jean. I need all you know or can remember. There's some connection between a private detective named Fred Viswell and somebody at the Morton National Bank. Now... Who was it that spoke to you on the telephone? The new president. His name is John Partridge. Well, that's the man I'm going to see. Faraday's on my trail again, Jean, and I've got to clear myself. Oh, you'll never be able to get into the bank to see Partridge, especially if Faraday has a dragnet out for you. As soon as you show up, they'll throw you in jail. Oh, don't worry. I'll figure out a way to get in to see him. But if I don't get anywhere with Partridge, I'm a dead duck. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Partridge. Good morning. Oh, I left your mail on your desk, Mr. Partridge. Thank you. I'll be in my office if anyone wants me. Don't open your mouth, Partridge, or this gun will shut it permanently. Why? What? What do you want? Aren't you one of the special police that protects the bank? Oh, well, don't let this uniform fool you. I wore it just to get in here. And keep away from your desk. You know, I'm allergic to the sudden pushing of buttons. Ah, that's better. Now, do you know who I am? No. I'm Boston Blackie. That doesn't mean a thing to me. Oh, I think it does. You called Arthur Manletter's office and told him the bank wouldn't renew his notes. But he received a letter saying that if I were to go to 50 Hunter Street, the bank would renew. Maybe you know what you're talking about, but I don't. You've got to be the man behind a pretty shrewd frame-up, Partridge. Unless you're acting on somebody's instructions. Now, which is it? You know that if I raised my voice, you'd be shot dead by the bank guards before you could go through the front door? Well, I'd have company, Partridge, believe me. You. Inspector Faraday thinks I killed a man. They don't hang you twice for double killing. Why was I framed for the murder of Fred Viswell? I don't know any Fred Viswell, and I don't know anything about any telephone call that was supposed to be made by me to Arthur Manletter. No, you don't, huh? How about the renewal of Manletter's note? 
There never was any question about renewing man leather's note. His credit is excellent. The note was renewed by me personally at 10 o'clock yesterday morning with a notary attesting to the time. And that was certainly long before my alleged phone call. Oh, you played it cozy, huh? You knew Manletter would call me, so you bluffed him. How long are you going to make me stand here? Can't you see there's nothing I know that can help you? Why don't you go? I will. I've got another stop to make. But the minute I leave this office, you'll call for help, of course. Of course. Oh, but you're not going to. You know, the only way you can do any calling, Partridge, is to talk in your sleep. Mr. Borden? Yes? I'm sorry to disturb you at your home. My name is Boston Blackie. How do you do, Mr. Blackie? I, uh, I came up here to see you, Mr. Borden, uh, about your bank. You mean about what used to be my bank? I'm sorry. Uh, who decided to replace you as president? The board of directors. Oh, and was it done suddenly? Yes, very. Uh-huh, and, uh, where did John Partridge come from? I don't know. He'd been on our board of directors only a short while. Oh. I'm an old man, Blackie. The loss of my bank was a blow to me. Everything came so suddenly, I haven't gotten used to not being there anymore. Will you forgive me if I'd rather not talk about it? Oh, I understand, Mr. Borden. I, I'm going to try to get your bank back for you, but I need some help. Now, here's an address where I can be reached. Oh, you must have some loyal employee at the bank you can depend on, and would you call him and get him to find out something about Partridge? And if you get any information, send me a message. And uh, send that ring you're wearing with it so I know it's from you. I'll send you a message if I get it. But with just a paper clip on it, I haven't been able to get this ring off in years. The paper clip will identify my messenger, if I hear anything. Good. Give me a little help. I'll turn a murder over to Inspector Faraday, get rid of the charge against myself, and give you a bank right in your side pocket. We've got to stay down here at my waterfront hideout during the day, Shorty. Every cop in town is on our tail. And Faraday's sworn he won't sleep till he brings me in. It's okay with me, Blackie. Uh, and go ahead, it's your deal. You got me, let me see, you got me 60 to 17 and two boxes. Go ahead, <laughs> it's your deal. You know one thing about gin rummy, it sure passes the time away. Yeah, it passes my dough away, too. <laughs> okay, you two. Hoist them. Come on, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Now, look, Blackie. Stand up and don't try no, no, nothing foolish. I, I know all about you and your tricks. Well, I wasn't exactly going to ask you to pick a card. Who are you? A guy who ain't going to be outsmarted by you. Oh? Tie the little guy up, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'll tie him up. Good, too. Don't talk. Tie. Why, I'm tying him. He ain't going to go nowhere for a while. Okay. Well, suppose we start moving, Blackie. You ready, Patsy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready, Mug. Well, of course, don't anybody ask me. You're ready, Blackie. But you don't know for what. Now, start moving. Oh, this is a ride, huh? Okay. One way? Oh, I wouldn't say that, Blackie. We're coming back, Patsy and me. But we got orders to get you. Orders to get me, huh? Dealing in the Blackie market? You'll strain an arm reaching for jokes like that, Blackie. I thought that was rather clever, isn't But that? you might as well know something. Yeah? We ain't taking you on any gang ride. We're turning you over to the cops. Yeah, I'll bet. A couple of hoods like you wouldn't go within two miles of headquarters. I guarantee Faraday's got charges hanging over both you guys. Maybe. Only he'll be so glad to see you, he won't be able to think straight. All right, let's get moving, Blackie. And remember, I'm the guy that's got the gun on you. Okay, Mug. But take my word for it, someday you're going to beg me to forget that. 
Blackie, there's something natural about the way you look behind bars. Yeah. They look good on you. Oh, thanks. You've got no idea how nice it is to see you sitting so sweetly in that cell. Now, Faraday, listen. I didn't knock off Fizzwell. No kidding. Oh, of course not. And you didn't throw your bathrobe over my head and tie me up either, did you, Blackie? Well, yes, I did do that, mm-hmm. Faraday. You know I did. <laughs> but I did it to help you. Oh, this is going to be good. Now, tell me how. Well, somebody knocked off Fred Fizzwell. Uh-huh. Your job is to catch murderers, Faraday. I, I had to be free to help you, see? Blackie, you should have been a lawyer. Thanks. Only you're overlooking a slight something. Your gun. Your pretty little gun. With your fingerprints on it. And a slug from it in Viswell's head and a bullet hole in your coat pocket. Nobody else killed Viswell, Blackie. You've got no alibi. You hated the guy and your gun did the job. Looks like kind of a perfect job to me. This is a frame-up, Faraday. Now, you've got to do something you've never done before. Oh, what? Use your head. Look, you're in jail, Blackie, and you tell me to use my head. Don't you think this is a spot where you should use your... Well, it seems as though Inspector Faraday is about to realize a lifelong ambition and has finally found a charge against Boston Blackie that will stick. However, that remains to be seen, of course. You know, you ladies really have it all over the men, folks, when it comes to being sensible about clothes. Come summertime, for instance, you know that one of the tricks of keeping cool is to look cool. And what could look cooler, crisper, and prettier than those bright cotton washables you wear? It's important, though, to remember to keep them bright and crisp. And that's where our soapy rich Rinso comes in. No point in working your head off in summertime, boiling and scrubbing clothes. And you don't have to with Rinso. A short soaking in Rinso suds, often as little as ten minutes, is enough. Then a few quick finger rubs on extra soiled places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. And believe you me, you'll be mighty proud of how your wash looks, too. Your lovely colored washable cottons will stay fresh and bright, week after week, wash after wash. And your white clothes, well, it goes without saying, they'll be... <whistles> yes, Rinso White. So get Rinso next wash day for a Rinso White, Rinso Bright wash. And now back to Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Blackie is in jail. Inspector Faraday knows that it was Blackie's gun that killed Fred Viswell, and Blackie can't clear himself while he's in prison. Into the cell block where Blackie is being kept walks a young lady. The policeman at the end of the corridor said I could come in and talk to all the other policemen in the whole jail, and you're the other policeman, so I thought I'd come over and talk to you. All right, miss. But about what? About the ball, of course. Everybody knows about the ball. What ball? The ball we're giving. But I'm selling tickets only to policemen. Well, now I've heard everything. Selling tickets to policemen for a civilian's ball. How much are they? A dollar. But the policeman at the end of the corridor said that if Look, I came up... Uh, Look, here's a dollar and keep the ticket. Uh-huh. And the next policeman is right down past this row of cells. Go bother him, will you, please? Yes. And uh, don't tell me that bag you're carrying is full of tickets. There aren't that many policemen. Oh, you're so silly. Of course not. I always carry a bag. It makes me look as if I'm always about ready to go someplace. Well, uh, you can go right now. I'll unlock the door. You can walk down the corridor till you find another cop at the end of it. Uh, his name's Murphy. Isn't every policeman? Oh, I don't know. All right, go. Go on, miss. Right down the corridor. Don't mind them mugs in the cells. Blackie. Jean, what are you doing here? This isn't visiting day. Blackie, listen. I've got to keep walking when the guard looks this way. Oh, don't be silly. Come in. The door's open. The cell door's open? Sure. Try it. It is. Blackie, how did you do that? Close the door. You know, I could open the cell door all right, Jean. That was a cinch. But I haven't figured out yet how to get past the guards at both ends of the car. Well, stop figuring it, Blackie. Here, look at this bag I brought. 
It's an outfit that matches the one I'm wearing, only it's a couple of sizes larger. Put it on quick. What, and leave you in the cell? Oh, nothing doing, honey. I'll go out the door. I came in, Blackie, and you go out the other one. Only hurry. The guard might get curious. Okay. Well, it won't take me a second. I'll first roll my trousers up mm-hmm. and on with a dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you brought a wig, too, huh? You think of everything. Can, uh, can I get into these shoes? Sure you can, and hurry, Blackie. Yeah. Don't forget your hat. Say, it's a cute one. All right, zip me up, will you? I'm all set. <laughs> there. Oh. I just walk out, Blackie, and tell a cop at the end of the corridor. His name's Murphy. Tell him he ran out of tickets. Uh, can you talk like a girl? Who, me? Of course I can. Oh, you better not talk. Bye, Blackie, <laughs> and luck. Meet me back in my apartment. Oh, thanks, Jean. You're wonderful. Mm, see you later, Blackie. You look awful cute in that outfit. Watch out for the wolves. Oh, not me. For once, I want to be on the receiving end of a... This is the house, Shorty. 50 Hunter Street. I don't know what I'd expect to find here, but let's go in. Why, boss? Well, maybe I can pick up something inside that'll give me a clue to that masked man. Uh, you see any lights? No. Nope, there ain't any but. Okay, now don't hit your flashlight till we close the street door. Oh, what kind of a lock is this? I don't know. But if you're working on it, it's an easy lock. I'll guarantee that. No, Shorty, it's an open lock. Come on in. Shh, quiet. Hit your flash, Shorty. Right. Yeah, this is the room where I got conked. The masked guy sat right over there facing me with his hands folded on that table, and he... Shorty. What? What happened? I know now who the masked guy was, Shorty. Yeah? I'm going to straighten out this whole mess. Wait till I look up a number in this phone book. Let's see. Who are you calling, Blackie? I'm calling the murderer of Fred Viswell. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. So now let's hope I sound like the mug. Hey, boss, this is a mug. Come right down to Hunter Street House. I got Blackie here. He's Hoyt. Oh, you want to talk to him? Okay. Talk to the boss, Blackie, or you get it again. Here, take the phone. So you're the boss, huh? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Applaud? Hey, give me that phone, Blackie. Okay, boss. Yeah. Yeah, that sure is Blackie, huh? Oh, you'll be right down? It worked, eh? Good. Yeah. What a swell. Okay, Shorty, now you beat it. I'm staying right here and I'm handling this alone. But I have a job for you when you get outside. Okay, boss. It may decide who dies for the murder of Fred Viswell. And just between us, I'd rather it wasn't me. Mug, Mug, are you in here? Mug, turn on the light. It's dark. I can't see you. Turn on the light. Here's a light, Mr. Borden. Right in your face. Boston Blackie. That's right, Boston Blackie. <laughs> you had a very nice frame-up all fixed for me, but I think you're going down to explain it all to Inspector Faraday now. Do you? Well, I don't. So the phone call to me was a gag, eh? I might have known it was one of your tricks, Blackie, but I didn't. No harm done, though. I'll just leave. Oh, just like that, eh? Mm-hmm. And don't think you can threaten me, Blackie. As long as I'm alive, I'm a potential alibi for you. Only you and I know you didn't kill Fred Bearswell and that I did. And you've got to let me live in the hope that someday I'll confess. Mm, yes, yes, I guess maybe I do. Oh, you're a pretty smart man, Borden. You'd have to be to have me in this kind of a jam. What did Viswell ever do to you? He thought he could outsmart me, the fool. Some private investors had him checking the books at the bank. Found that I'd taken quite a bit of money that didn't belong to me. And he thought he'd try a bit of blackmail... He didn't get very far. Pretty thorough, aren't you? I think so. 
How did you know I was the masked man, Blackie? Well, two ways, Borden. Yes? One was the fact that I gave you the address of my waterfront hideout, and later your hoods paid me a visit down there. You were the only one that had that address. The other was that ring you're wearing, uh, you know, the one you told me you couldn't take off. When I came in tonight, I remembered the masked man was wearing that ring. You know, putting John Partridge in your place as president of the bank sounds like a wonderfully smart idea. It was. I was tired of working, and I could throw Partridge in jail any time I like for his embezzlement job he did. So he must do as I say. And now, Boston Blackie, let's go visit Inspector Faraday. Well, no, Mr. Borden. I, I don't think I care to see the inspector tonight. No? Perhaps this gun will make you change your mind. I happen to know that Faraday has your gun... You're still under suspicion of murder, you know. And if you try to escape, Blackie, I'll think nothing of killing you in cold blood. You know, I believe you would, Borden. All right. All right, I'll go with you. I guess I'd rather be a live prisoner than a dead suspect. Here's Inspector Faraday's office, Blackie. Walk right in. Go on. Okay, if you say so, Borden. <laughs> Hello, Inspector. Say, look, don't you ever sleep? Hello, Blackie. I've been expecting you. You're a little late. Would you mind telling this gentleman in back of me to get rid of his gun, please, Inspector? He doesn't realize that it's impolite to point. His name is Arthur Borden. Okay, Mr. Borden, I'll take that gun. Certainly. Here you are. Well, looks like I've got a first-rate murder suspect right here in this room. <laughs> it certainly does, Inspector. <laughs> Better to lock him up. In just a minute. In fact, I might as well do it very legal and proper. Arthur Borden, you're under arrest for the murder of Fred Visual. What? Me? Why, I... David, I wish it was Blackie. Only it isn't. <laughs> We've got your confession in your own voice, right on a dictograph record. A dictograph planted in my Hunter Street house? Right. That's impossible. Nobody could have put a dictograph in there. You tell him, Blackie. You figured this thing out. Well, before you came into the Hunter Street house tonight, Mr. Borden, I dialed the inspector's private number on the telephone and left the receiver off the hook, you see. I had Shorty call him before and tell him to expect his private telephone to ring. All the while you were telling me how perfectly you would frame me, the inspector was listening on this end. Yeah, not only listening, but having the whole thing taken down on a record. <laughs> uh, say, inspector, I did you a favor, didn't I, by turning up Visual's murderer? You did yourself a bigger favor, but what's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you, inspector. Shorty told me you have Jean Rochelle booked here. You said it, Blackie. She helped you escape from jail. Well, maybe she did, but uh, if she did, I brought you in a murderer. So you certainly owe her a favor, too, right? Well, Maybe. What do you expect me to do? Let her go? Sure. You've held her long enough. Now it's my turn. You've heard about making mountains out of molehills, but here's how to make mountains of dishes go right down to nothing in a hurry. You put some rinse on your dishpan, and up go the suds. Plenty of thick suds from surprisingly little rinse And down goes that stack of dishes in practically no time. Yes, dishwashing is a mighty easy, simple job with Rinso helping out. China, silver, glassware, they're all shining brightly in a jiffy with Rinso's soapy-rich suds on the job. Why, even your pots and pans come clean easily when Rinso gets to work. Use Rinso, too, for all the soap and water jobs around the house. It's swell. Now a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. All right, Monaghan. Give me a little more juice in that light. No. No, Uncle Red, I can't stand it. That's better. Now, listen, Shorty, you say you don't remember what happened. I, I don't. I keep telling you I don't. All right, maybe you don't remember. You were slugged. Now, we don't want to know anything except one thing. Now, think hard, Shorty. Who was the last person you saw or talked to before you were slugged? Now, that's all we want to know. I'm thinking, Inspector. Honest. I'm dizzy trying to think. I don't know. I just don't know. 
Hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I remember now. The last person I talked to before I got conked was, uh, was Boston Blackie. <laughs> Be sure to listen in at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris with Richard Lane as Inspector Faraday. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Original music for the program was by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Rinso and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. Warm weather's ahead, and that means greater danger from perspiration. Protect yourself. Use Life Boy in your daily bath. You know, of seven leading brands, Life Boy gives you the most soap for your money. And its rich, purifying Life Boy lather agrees with your skin. And don't forget, Life Boy is the only soap especially made to stop. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as the shadow, never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost, as inevitable as a guilty conscience. The Shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, Death from the Deep. Look at the water, Captain. Calm as a mill pond. I tell you, I don't like it. Now, now, Mr. McLennan, that's not good talk for a first mate. You sound like a superstitious deck swabber. If the elements feel kindly toward us, let them be. I know, Captain. But five days with the sea as smooth as a skating rink is a bad omen. Well, Mr. McLennan, perhaps we'll have a good score tomorrow to restore your peace of mind. For myself, I'll take anything. What's that? Sounded like the engine room. That was more than a boiler, McLennan. Hello. Hello down there. I don't answer. Hello. Captain. Captain. We've been... Hello down there. We've been what? Captain Jones. Look. Look there. Look at that white path on the water coming toward us. It's a torpedo. We're not at war. Hold fast, Captain. It's going to hit a midship. They're all hands accounted for. Yes, Captain. They're all right, folks. All but this one, sir. And lower away. Oh, 
more lively, then. We're just getting away in time, sir. Hey, what's that noise out of the water dead ahead, sir? It's a submarine. Submarine? So that's what did it. The blackguards. A man coming out of the submarine's hat, sir. He's got a machine gun. He's pointing at it. Step for the love of heaven. Acme Steamship Agency. I wish to cancel my reservation on the Princess Marie. But, madam, didn't you... I'm know? not failing, I tell you. Why, it'd be suicide. But, Mr. Williams, you can ship your goods with us. Our boats are safe. No boat is safe. But you'd be insured. Yes, at four times the usual rate. Oh, no. You can cancel my shipment. Gentlemen of the Maritime Commission... We are confronted with a vital problem. In the past three months, there have been exactly 18 ships mysteriously sunk on the high seas. Ships belonging to the United States, Great Britain, Germany, Italy, Japan, in fact, every major power. This series of unexplainable marine disasters has created a panic throughout the nautical world. Passenger reservations are being canceled. Freight shipments are being withdrawn. Crews are deserting the ships. Gentlemen, something has got to be done. Waiter. Two more coffee, Margot. Yes, please, Lamont. Two more coffees, waiter. Now, what were you saying, Lamont? Just this. Three months ago, Margot, the first ship disappeared. A few days later, a second ship was sunk. This time, a bullet-ridden body of the crew were found dead afloat in their lifeboat. Horrible. It is. Each succeeding disaster has been increasingly horrible. And now all shipping is at a standstill. These atrocities could not have been brought about by international jealousies because each of the ships sunk has been owned by a company in a different country. But who can be responsible? I'm not sure. But my deduction is it's the work of a pirate. A pirate? But, but Lamont, a pirate in the 20th century? Yes, Margot. And one more callous, more bloodthirsty than any buccaneer who ever sailed the Spanish main. Then why isn't he tracked down? Because not a single person has ever survived these thinkings. Therefore, the pirate has never been seen. He must be seen sometimes. if he has a submarine. Submarine? Yes, Margot. But how could an individual be in possession of a submarine without it being known? If a man were rich and clever enough, he could have a submarine built in complete secrecy. There must be some way of finding him out. There is. Before such a craft could be constructed, it had to be designed. There are very few expert designers of submarines in the world. In the brain of one of them, this pirate craft must have been conceived. But Lamont, a pirate submarine sounds fantastic. Even more fantastic, Margot, is the motive of the pirate. He's preyed on every kind of ship from the superliner to the common tramp. He can't be after booty because examination of the sunken hulls has revealed that nothing has been touched. Why, Lamont? Why? To find an answer to that question is a task for the shadow. But how would you proceed? I've already made a few secret inquiries at the Navy Department in Washington. They told me of one chap who might be worth investigating, a Mr. Mr. Joseph Hart, a brilliant designer of naval crafts who was dishonorably discharged from his position. Where can he be found? I have learned that he is living all alone in a small house on an oak road. A shadow is going to pay a call on Mr. Joseph Hart tonight. Will you pass me that bottle, please, Benson? Certainly. There you are. Joseph, I'm sorry to see you indulging in liquor. It frequently loosens the tongue. Sometimes makes a man say things that he later regrets. What do you mean? Just this. We share a secret, Joseph. A secret which would be most unwise for either of us to divulge. I haven't said anything. I haven't talked. Not yet. 
My fear is what you might say. Your nerve is deserting you, Joseph. You must pull yourself together. How can I pull myself together one night after night? I'm tortured by the vision of a procession of helpless ships sinking. Down, down to the murky depths. Hauled by the faces of floating corpses. Tormented by... Shut up. I was a fool. I designed and built that submarine. A service for which you were well paid. Yes, with money soaked in blood. I'm responsible for the havoc and the terror that you're insane. Don't blood. say that, you idiot. I'm no madman, do you hear? Why did you come here tonight, Benton? Because, Joseph, I've been wondering of late why I permit you to live. You're becoming increasingly dangerous to my interests. No, no. Unless you can prove to me that our secret is safe and that you will aid me in the future. No, I'll never do that. No. And in that case, I feel that you ought to be my guest on the next cruise of the I'd, submarine. I'd never come back. Is that what you mean? Quite true. But before, shall I say, before you leave us in mid-ocean... You'll have an opportunity to see the splendid efficiency with which your creation, the submarine, operates. No. I'd rather you kill me right now and have it over with. And deprive you of witnessing the thrilling spectacle of my accurate marksmanship? To see them leap from the boats in terror like rats? No, no, Joseph. You can't miss seeing that. No. I'd do anything rather than be forced to see that. I thought you would. Maintain that attitude, Joseph. Or it may be necessary for me to request that you pack your yachting clothes. A contingency which we should both deeply regret. Good night. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll tell you what you can do, Joseph Hart. Who's that? <laughs> There's a way to save you from the evil domination of Barry Vinton. Who are you? I am the voice of one who has come to help you. I am the instrument of your righteous vengeance. I am the shadow. The shadow? With my assistance, you can compensate for some of the wrong that you have done. But how? Tell me the secret that you share with Vincent. Oh, no, no. I can't. You'll I'm afraid. You to fear if you remain silent. The shadow already knows enough to hang you, Joseph Hart. You haven't got anything on me. I heard every word that passed between you and Vincent in this room. Oh. Tell me what I want to know and save yourself. Or perhaps, as Vinton so aptly put it, you'd prefer to pack your yachting clothes. Nothing can save me. What I've done is done. I can never escape my conscience. Then your conscience must tell you that it's your duty to all that you can do to stop Vinton's outrages. Yes, 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 you're right. Now tell me the secret. Very well. Until a year ago, I knew Vinton only by his reputation as a millionaire sportsman. He was famous as a deep-sea fisherman and a big-game hunter. He came to me first seeking a design for a racing boat. I built it for him, and we became friends. And because of that friendship, you consented to build a submarine. Yes, but now for the purpose that he later used it. He told me that he wanted for a new thrill, oh, believe me. Go on. Well, the submarine was built in Vinton's private shipyard, out of Carrie's Point. Knowledge of its construction was carefully guarded from the world. It was not until the day the boat was launched that he told me his true intentions. What were those intentions? Vinton is lunatic, coldly, murderously mad. He'd always been a killer, but he'd tired of shooting lions and gaffing marlin. Now his warped brain had turned to what he regarded as a new sport. Sinking of ships and the ruthless slaying of defenseless men. Now I understand. Why did they keep the submarine? I don't know. Are you telling the truth, Joseph Hart? I've told you everything. Why should I lie now? 
If I knew where that boat was, I'd blow it to pieces. Myself with it. Myself with it. Wait. Myself. That's the idea. That's how I could fool Barry Benson. Why should I wait to die at his hands? No, no. What are you doing? I'll fool Barry Benson. Here, put down that gun. No more tortured, sleepless nights. I see no more screaming headlines. Another boat sunk and another and another. Don't, Joseph Hart, don't. Barry Benson will never take me on that voyage. I'll fool him, I say, fool him. Poor Joseph Hart. You've served us both. Now we shall see whom you have served best. Barry Vinton or the Shadow. Ladies and gentlemen, in a moment the Shadow will be back on the air with surprises, suspense, and a thrilling, unexpected climax. But meanwhile, here's something mighty important to bear in mind when you drive a car. Just remember that rainy days make the grass grow greener. They may bring out the best in flowers, but they bring out the worst in roads. Yes, beware. A road that's plenty safe when dry may become a dangerous skid trap when wet. Sending your car skidding, spinning, swerving off the road. Motorists, why take this chance when you can now get a sensational new kind of tire that will stop you quicker, safer than you've ever stopped before? The new Goodrich Safety Silvertown with the Lifesaver Tread. Impartial tests conducted by the country's largest independent testing laboratory against the regular and premium price tires of America's six largest manufacturers proved that no tire tested, regardless of price, came up to the new Silvertown in non-skid action. Furthermore, these unbiased tests showed that the new Goodrich Silvertown with Lifesaver Tread gave more non-skid mileage than any of the other tires tested in its own price range. Imagine, the new Goodrich Silvertown averaged 19.1% more miles before the tires wore smooth, which is the same as saying you'll get every sixth mile free. Yes, many tires cost more than the new Goodrich Silvertown, but no tire at any price can give you the unequal skid protection of the Lifesaver Tread, the exclusive blowout protection of the Golden Ply. Keep danger a stranger. Put a set of these life-saving long-mileage tires on your car without delay. So, Margot, Hart finished telling me the story, and before I could stop him, he shot himself in the head. Poor man. Perhaps it was better that way. It's a mud. Now, how will you find the submarine? Joseph Hart told me that it was built at Benton's shipyard out at Carey's Point. That's the logical place to start my search. Is that where you're going now? Yes. Do be careful, Lamont. Remember, that man's a lunatic. He'll stop at nothing. The shadow hasn't anything to fear from Benton. I hope you're right. Well, this is as far as we can safely drive without being seen. This is a desolate spot. Don't like it. There's a light. Yes. The shipyard. It to be surrounded by a high wall. It looks like a prison. Perhaps it is a prison. For those within its gates. Margot, before we go any further, I'll give you your instructions. Yes, sir, Mark. I've already been in touch with the United States Coast Guard. You've been promised to give me full cooperation. Yes. Once I've found the submarine and no Vinton's plans... I shall communicate with you by our private wireless. And then? Then you will relay my message directly to the Coast Guard headquarters in Washington. I understand. 
Good luck to the shadow. The shadow thanks you. Okay, Phil. Well, that's the last of the torpedoes, Charlie. Hey, the sub must be going on a long cruise this time. Taking plenty of supplies and ammunition. Yeah. Hey, what's that? Who's the wind blowing the door shut? What's the matter with you? Listen, Charlie, when are we going to get out of this joint? You know, we've been cooped up inside this shipyard for three months. It's giving me the creeps. Ah, oh, now, take it easy. You'd rather be back in prison. There wasn't nothing scary about prison, and you knew when your time was up, you got out. Well, maybe we ain't never going to get out of here. Huh? What do you mean? Uh, I mean, this... Hitting guy's a bug. He ain't even let us read no newspaper since we come here. Stuff about hunting whales with torpedoes, that sounds screwy to you. Listen, if he don't let us out of here soon, I sh... Here he comes now. Are all the torpedoes aboard? Uh, yes, sir. We just sent down the last load. Very well. Take care of these empty crates. And you may turn in. Yes, sir. Um, Mr. Vinton? Yes. Well, we was wondering if we... Yeah, me and Charlie here was just talking about the... Uh, well, uh, how we've been in the shipyard here a long time now and... And uh, what Phil is trying to say, Mr. Vinton, is... Well, could we have a couple of days off on the outside? I'm afraid that would be impossible. Oh, but Mr. Vinton, it's been three months. I've got a wife and kids. You're I... being well paid, aren't you? Oh, sure. You're giving us plenty of dough, all right, but... We ain't getting no chance to spend it. You will remain here as long as your services are required. What if we don't want to stay here that long? What if we up and leave? Yeah. I wouldn't advise you to attempt that. You remember what happened to your associate, Mr. Hadley, when he tried to, as you say, up and leave? He fell from the wall. You mean... You mean that wasn't no accident? Huh? No. He was shot down. Oh. So, um... Do you still want to quit? I thought that. Good night, gentlemen. Uh, looks like we're in here for a long, long time. Yeah. Maybe you are. And I'm going to figure a way to get out of here, see? <laughs> perhaps I can be of some assistance to you. Who said that? I heard it, too. I said, perhaps I can help you if you wish to get out of here. Who's that talking? Where are you? Don't bother to look for me. You can't see me. What is this? One of Vinton's gags or something? No, I am not speaking for Vinton. I speak for myself. Who are you? Men call me the Shadow. The Shadow? How'd you get in here? The Shadow is everywhere. Well, what do you want? I wish to bargain with you. Well, what kind of a bargain? By this time, you must be aware that you are both at the mercy of a madman. He's right, Charlie. You will never leave this place alive unless Ferry Vinton is brought to justice. What can we do about it? I will it? promise you your freedom if you will just answer my question. Wait a minute. What do you think, Charlie? Well, we're taking a chance. This may be a trick. It is no trick. You have the shadow's word. Well, what do you what do you want to know? Where is Vinton's submarine? It's right below our feet in a secret underground berth. When does it sail again? Tonight, at midnight. What is its destination? Well, I... I heard Vinton say something to the mate about Cape Francis. Good. Sailing at midnight, Cape Francis. The shadow wishes him good hunting. <laughs> Calling Margot Lane. Calling Margot Lane. Proceed as instructed. Communicate the following information to Coast Guard headquarters. 
Pirate submarine sails at midnight for waters off Cape Francis. Impress on Coast Guard the importance of following directions implicitly if wished to bait the madman who is terrorizing the Atlantic. What is our position, Mr. Brush? We are 100 miles due east of Cape Francis, sir. Are we in the regular shipping lane? Yes, Mr. Brush. Have we enough visibility for clear observation? The sun is just recent, sir. Good. I'll take over the telescope now. Very well, sir. A fine day for hunting, Mr. Brush. Hello, what's this? Have you sighted something, sir? Take a look. See what you make of it. There is smoke. It looks like a steamer. Splendid. Signal the engine room. Full speed ahead. Yes, sir. I can see a funnel. Full speed ahead. Ah, this is the life. There's nothing like it. The sighting of fresh quarry on this periscope. The excitement of the chase. The spine tingling thrill when the torpedo finds its mark. And then the climax. On deck, shooting them down with a machine gun like scurrying rats. <laughs> Mr. Brown, stand by the torpedo tube. We're coming up fast. Yes, sir. And by the torpedo tube. Aye, aye, sir. We'll cut across the bow and swing to stop it. That should give us a perfect chance. Very good, sir. Be prepared to rise to the surface quickly. We make a direct hit with the tor- first torpedo. Very good, sir. Stand by the valve and elevate off. Aye, aye, sir. We're almost within range. Cut the half speed. Half speed ahead. Torpedo tubes number one and two are loaded, sir. Torpedo tubes number one and two are loaded, sir. Look. Look, Brouch. It's a fine big liner. Let me see, sir. I that's the Orpheus. The Orpheus. I remember now reading of her sailing. She has a full passenger list. Several ambassadors are aboard. <laughs> full passenger list, That sounds most promising. <laughs> Number one, two, ready to fire. Number one, two, ready to fire. Now I'll bring her a little more to the top. A little more. Oh, there. Number one, fire. Number one, fire. Yes, it's heading straight for a time. No deflection. Should be a perfect hit. Closer. Closer. It's going to hit. Now. Why? Fail to explode. What's a dud? Number two, two, ready to fire. Number two, two, ready to fire. Number two, fire. Number two, fire. Uh, we won't fail this time. <laughs> yes, you will, Mr. Vincent. You've just fired another dud. Who dared say that? I did. Who are you? Come out here where I can see you. You will never see me. I am the shadow. The shadow, eh? I've heard of you. The torpedo hit, but it failed to explode again. Reload the torpedo tubes. That would be a waste of time, Vinton. I've seen to it that all of the torpedoes are dud. You'll regret this, Mr. Shadow. (laughs) This is the one time that you've matched wits with a mind cleverer than your own. Blow out the ballast tanks for a quick rise to the surface. Yes, sir. I'll show you. I'll sink that boat with my deck guns. Benton, you're a madman. Madman, am I? <laughs> Very well, I'll show you the full extent of my madness. Deck's a wash, sir. Open the conning tower hatch. Deck crew, stand by to man the guns. Aren't you coming up on deck, Shadow, to witness the kill? I am already on deck, Vincent. Devil plague you! How don't you get up here? Show yourself! That is unnecessary, but never fear. I'll stay near you. The guns are jammed, sir. Jammed? 
Why that impossible? I neglected to tell you, Benton, that I rendered your guns useless. Oh. oh, so you think that you've outwitted me, Shadow. But you're wrong. Signal the engine room full speed ahead. Aye, aye, sir. Steer directly to that vessel's side. What are you doing now, Benton? The prow of this submarine is equipped with a ramming device. With it, we can sink any vessel afloat without injury to us. <laughs> you didn't foresee that, did you, Shadow? In a few moments, we will rip open the hull of that liner and send it to the bottom as effectively as with any torpedo. <laughs> uh, so you don't believe me? Oh, yes, I believe you. But that liner is completely deserted. It was set adrift there by the Coast Guard. It's a veritable floating mine with enough explosives aboard to blow you to kingdom come. You're lying! You'll know soon enough. You haven't far to go. Reverse engines! Reverse engines! And when we stop in time, we're getting closer. No. No, no, we're stopping. We're stopping. We're not going to hit. Uh, <laughs> you see, Shadow, I've outwitted you after all. No, Vinton. Maneuvered your submarine alongside the ship just as I planned. All right, up there, here's your men. Hold your hands, hold your hands, all of you. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yes, a trap, Barry Vincent. And this ends your reign of piracy and ruthless murder. Very smart, aren't you, Shadow? But not as smart as you think you are. Tell him, he's going inside the submarine. He's closing the hurry. Yes. Yes, they all think they're so clever. But no one can outsmart Barry Vinton. I'll go to the engine room. I'll maneuver the dive. <laughs> They'll never get me. I'm master below here. Now. Now get the valve. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd love to hear what the shadow is saying up there now. He's probably saying it's no use trying to maneuver that dive, Barry Vinton. You... You, how did you get here, Shadow? Why, I merely followed you. Show yourself, show yourself, Shadow, and I'll shoot you down in your tracks. Here I am over here in this corner. Come ahead and shoot, Mr. Vinton. Well, Shadow? Well? You just missed me. Why, you... It's deplorable, Mr. Benson. Who are you? That does not matter. Why don't you tell them who you are, you glory seeker? I seek no glory. My reward is that ships and men can once more safely sail the seas. The shadow's work is done. You have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow Magazine. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The Shadow knows <laughs> all the characters and all the persons named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.